0: They're coming together. They're working. They're getting better. Um, they're playing faster, playing more confident. But that doesn't happen by accident because this stuff doesn't happen unless you put in the work.
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant
2: Bills. I know it's football season, college basketball season, NBA season. There's a lot going on. I know baseball isn't going on right now. But I find myself gravitating towards baseball a lot more often than I used to. And I, I think I think it's because deep down inside, although I would never let my, my physical body admit this, I think my emotional body has accepted on, on some level that the Brewers are just never going to win a World Series. So the Brewers are like my hobby farm, you know. How people have hobby farms. It's like, oh, it's just fun to raise some crops and and not have to make money and and have my livelihood on it, right? The Brewers are my hobby farm. Like the Packers, we're trying to we're trying to win a 14th World Championship. The Bucks, it's NBA title or bust. Especially now with Damian Lillard. The Brewers, it's like, okay, try your best. You know, the weather's nice. <laughs> you know, get a get good surplus value out of. Jake Bauer and we can uh, feel happy about ourselves. I've really loved this baseball offseason and following along cuz again, my Brewers aren't involved. I have no expectations or emotions for my team, so this Otani sweepstakes, it's fascinating and I I said something along these same lines uh last week when I brought up the Phillies and Phillies fans. Some of the these fan bases, I just cannot put my head in their headspace i just can't it's like it's like uh, it's like understanding how a billionaire would live their life it's like should i uh go yachting should i take the private jet to the vineyard like succession rich you know like i cannot it's a different species my brain could not possibly think the way that those people's brains think i can't understand phillies fans like for example i follow ben kenny our friend I follow WIP, the station that he now works at. So I see some Philly content. The station's like, do you want Mike Trout? And half of the fan base is like, no, we could spend that money in a, in a better way. It's like, what the hell? Imagine having a shot at Mike Trout and not wanting him. Or the Dodgers. The Dodgers got Otani on Saturday. And Ken Rosenthal put out an article that was like, the, do- the Dodgers have Otani. Now What? it's like well the replies on this should be good and it's a bunch of dodgers fans saying yamamoto a rosarena it's like jesus you already raped and pillaged half of the league and stole their superstars because they couldn't be afforded in their home markets now you want so it's not enough to get otani now you need the other oh, okay so just just clear on how your brain how your expectations work for for your team my team's just a hobby farm i'm just i'm just happy to I'm just happy to be here. This is, the, this is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Spent a lot of time following baseball stories this weekend in between some of the football games. And on Saturday, the Badger basketball game was a bust. So I ended up just spending a lot of my sports energy on Saturday paying attention to the Otani sweepstakes as he ends up with the Dodgers. Those Dodgers. I mean, what a what, what a baseball, what an impressive organization they run. You know, their ability to spot talent uh and and land it and bring it in and money and, and the way that their managers and their co- i mean they get the most out of these players and money and their their general manager i mean the way that he and and that front office is able to build the the rot <clears throat> money i mean it's just it's impressive over and over again so uh congratulations the dodgers i was watching a lot of uh, baseball hot stove news this weekend i want to start the show by talking about week 14 the games that we have so far packers and giants tonight and if you're like wow that's a mostly average football game. What if we had another? We do. You you are in luck. We have another football game that most people will probably not be interested in. We also have the Dolphins and the Titans because sex sells and the Tennessee Titans who are led by. Is Will? I'm, I'm serious. Is Will Levis still starting? I don't even know. Uh, so I will not feel the need to switch back and forth tonight. Packers Giants we will watch, but that's because we're Packers fans. And maybe there is some national interest in what Jordan Love is. And I guess Tommy DeVito's Italian. He's got that going for him. But uh, obviously looking forward to Monday Night Football. I want to start the show by talking about some of the games that happened yesterday. Before we talk about the Packers. 608-321-1670 is the number to call. If you'd like to join the show, I'll start taking phone calls here. In about 15 minutes or so after our first break. I'm also on Twitter if you just want to drop me a little note. uh, At Wisco Grant. That's a really easy way to get in touch with the show as well. Given that our Packers weren't playing yesterday, I really liked how the slate flowed. It was very cohesive. It was like a three-course meal. Really, it flowed perfectly. It started at noon with a somewhat middling, but also somewhat interesting and very applicable NFC North matchup, right? Because it's two teams that the Packers uh, are directly related to, the Lions and the Bears. So watch that game. If you turn that game on slightly late wouldn't have killed you if you fell asleep during the third quarter? I think I did wouldn't have killed you? It was the perfect warm up. It was the perfect precursor. Then at three thirty we get a massive AFC tilt outside under the lights at Arrowhead Nance and Romo. I actually think Romo sounded pretty good this year. He's still not my favorite, but I'll give him credit. I- I've enjoyed him more than I have the last couple of years. And I think to have a perfect NFL Sunday, you need a high octane 3 thirty game. You can't lose momentum because if if there's a great game at noon, and then you transition to three o'clock and it's like Cowboys Patriots. Ugh. We lose all the momentum. And then by the time we get to Sunday night football, then we've lost the juice. So yesterday we started at noon, slow build to three thirty. bills, chiefs, great game, probably the game of the day. Then all roads lead to Sunday night football towards a matchup that felt like it was two months in the making the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott hosting the Eagles who are on a little bit of a skid right now. I don't have much to say about Lions Bears other than Jared Goff can simply not play outside. It's the inverse of the A.J. Dillon rule. There's no basis in statistics for this. This has nothing to do with relative athletic score or vertical jump or 40-yard day. Throw all that out of the window. I'm just telling you what my eyeballs see when I watch it on the TV. When I watch A.J. Dillon in the Superdome or at U.S. Bank or at Ford Field, I'm like, uh-uh, no, that looks wrong. But then when I see him outside at Lambeau in December, whoa, he's a really good football player. It makes sense. I, I don't know where the statistical backing is for that. I'm just telling you what my eyes tell me. My eyes tell me when I see Jared Goff playing outside when long sleeves are required, his team is boned. He can't. His hands are too small. He can't grip the football. He's not athletic enough. He's not big and strong enough. Can't do it. Now, luckily for the Lions, they don't play outside again the rest of this year, but if they had to come to Lambeau late in the year, or if they had to, you know, play a wild card game early on in the playoffs somewhere outside, they're screwed. Jared Goff can't do it. The Bears are looking a little bit more like a well rounded team. Their defense looks really good. They shouldn't keep fields. I kind of feel like they're gonna talk themselves into keeping fields, which would be funny. Uh, we'll see what they ultimately do. I really want to focus on Chiefs Bills. I want to talk about yesterday's 330 game to start the show just a little bit. I don't have a ton to say about Buffalo. Other than that, they've played that game 10 times this year. They've just lost most of them. They very easily could have lost that game yesterday too. You could argue they should have lost that game yesterday. I mean, it's the Sean McDermott thing. We talked about that with Tyler Dunn last week. They lose one score games. They lose games in overtime they turtle in the final two minutes of a close game, especially in a big rivalry in a big spot like yesterday. Now they saved their season, and I hope for the sake of the league that the Bills can get into the playoffs because I think they're one of the best teams, and they certainly have one of the best remaining quarterbacks left. Joe Burrow is hurt. Trevor Lawrence is dinged. Like Guys are injured. So I think Josh Allen and the Bills have a place in the playoffs. I just don't know if they can win enough games So yesterday, I'm glad that they won because they kept themselves alive. Other than that, I think they're the same team they've been under Sean McDermott this year. And again, you know, we can harp on that weird 9-11 story that Tyler Dunn published, but it, I mean, they lose close games. They lose in overtime games. The results speak for themselves. We don't need to get into Sean McDermott's weird motivation tactics. I think Buffalo's the same team. They just happened to win one of the coin flips yesterday when they've been losing them all up to this point in the season, which is why were they 500 coming into yesterday? Now the Chiefs. Chiefs lost. Uh, to use a Taylor Swift reference, they are uh, they are in their whining era right now. Which Taylor Swift album would that match? Red, Reputation, not Folklore. Folklore is more well folk, right? I don't know Taylor Swift's music that well. They're they're in their whining era. Are the Chiefs allowed? Seriously, are the Chiefs allowed to lose a game without the number one story being the officials? I mean, this is lo- this is loser stuff. And I feel like we've done this three or four times this year where the Chiefs have played in a really close, really entertaining back and forth game against the Packers, against the Bills, against the Lions early on in the year. Now, they've lost some of these games because their wide receivers aren't great, but sometimes you lose games in the NFL and it seems like every time the Chiefs lose, the number one story the next day has to be the officials and it's loser stuff. It wasn't the fault of the Chiefs last week. The NBC crew, I thought, was way too heavy-handed, especially on the Hail Mary. I, I like Tarrico and Collinsworth, and I, Melissa Stark, I think they do a great job. I like NBC Sunday Night Football a lot. Um, I, th- I thought they missed. I thought they missed the mark with breaking down a Hail Mary that looked like every other Hail Mary that I've ever seen. Last week, it was not the fault of Mahomes or Andy Reid. They didn't really say a whole lot. They didn't whine. They didn't make excuses. Last night, I, I don't know if it's been building up Serenity Now style. I don't know what, but last night, like Patrick Mahomes is screaming at the line judge on the sideline. He's needing to be held back. Then he screams this into Josh Allen's ear at midfield. This is bizarre. This was captured by a local Kansas City TV station. So imagine you're Josh Allen. Your coach just had a three-part story put out about him last week about how he uses 9-11 to motivate people how he doesn't take accountability. The Bills need to fire him. Things are coming apart at the seams. The season is a disaster. You're 500. You get a massive win against a very respected rival. You meet at midfield, and you're about to say, hey, man, close game. I hope to catch you again down the line. And in response, Patrick Holmes is like, offensive, offsides, worst bleeping call I've ever seen. It's like, okay, Patrick, go shove it. Can't save this 10 seconds. Just shake my hand and move on, okay? Okay. And then in the post-game press conference, this is Patrick Mahomes once again. You might have heard this yesterday. These clips were going around. Just loser, loser, loser stuff. To take
3: away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to
2: make a play like that.
3: And who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. Lost for words, man. It's just it's tough because... Regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, the end of, with another game, and we're talking
2: about the refs, man. This is not what we want for the for the NFL and for football. Hall of Fame player, all time great play that won't stand. It, it will suck because you know one day I'm I'm going to have a son or a daughter of my own, uh, and they're going to say Grant. I was I was reading Pro Football Reference. Or maybe Wikipedia. If they're my kids, they're going to be reading Wikipedia because that's all I do late at night when I should be sleeping. I'm just reading Wikipedia about random things. One of my kids is going to be like, Dad, uh, I was reading Wikipedia, and this Travis Kelsey guy, now he's married to Taylor Swift now, but I actually didn't know that he once played football. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best pass-catching tight ends ever, maybe the best tight end ever, depending on what skill set you prioritize. And I'll say, yeah, little kid. I don't know what I'm going to name my kids if I have kids. Say, yeah. Uh, He was special. He was great. Is there anything that I can tell you? You obviously weren't alive to watch. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you might know that name. He was the quarterback. I mean, they were an amazing duo. They won multiple Super Bowls together. And then my kid will look at me in the eye and say, but daddy, did he ever throw a lateral to score a touchdown in a regular season game? I couldn't find evidence of this. And I'll say, no, sorry. Uh, I guess he really wasn't that great. Uh, Yeah, almost in week 14 one time, but it was scratched because of a call and then my kid will start crying and it'll be a whole thing and it's just like Mahomes is right I mean it it sucks truly this is loser this is loser loser stuff Andy Reid I'll give Andy Reid credit because he walked this back a little bit today and what he's saying here is not factually untrue this is Andy Reid after the game in his press conference in his press conference Uh, one more time pressing play I
4: never use any of this as excuses but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game um have been embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place.
2: Maybe a little heavy-handed. Now, a warning sometimes is given if the player looks over and is like, am I on sides? And the ref will be like, no, you need to back up. It doesn't get called a lot, but I also don't often see players that are lined up that far, <laughs> that far off sides. And Andy Reid walked that back today. He's like, he was off sides. He did not ask or appeal to the referee and ask whether he was on sides or not. It's bad. Okay, so Andy Reid walked it back a little bit today. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes. Does. I I don't care. I cannot wait to move past this because I don't like talking about the officiating. I don't like I don't like making it the story the next day. It's lame. It feels like we wasted our two and a half hours watching this football game yesterday only to now have to turn around and talk about officiating. It's dumb, and they need to grow up. Patrick Mahomes needs to grow up. Okay, Kadarius Tony is a bonehead, respectfully, and last night he made a bonehead play. MVS drops passes. And a couple weeks ago against Philly, MVS dropped a game-winning touchdown pass. Duh! This isn't hard. When you're relying on Kadarius Tony, who's a bonehead, and MVS, who drops passes, then they're going to bite you in plays where they drop passes or do bonehead things. This isn't hard. This is, this is actually quite easy. And I don't completely and totally fault the Chiefs because they've been building up their defense and they got to pay Mahomes. And they're paying Kelsey and their offensive line is, it's not elite, but it's not a complete and total disaster. It's really their wide receiving core that is the one part of their team that's not average to anywhere above average. Okay. You can't be great everywhere when you're playing the quarterback. So I don't completely fault the Chiefs and I feel for Mahomes. Okay. I do. This is great perspective on how hard it is to execute with young wide receivers. Right. If there is ever any misconception about how hard it is to win football games with green wide receivers that are just trying to find their way in the league, look at the Chiefs because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are losing it. And these are two of the best to ever do it. I think Andy Reid's going to go down as the best offensive coach of have had time. And I think Patrick Mahomes is probably going to go down as the best quarterback of all time. Could be wrong. He's got to win a couple more rings. But for my money, I- I've seen him do way more things that have blown me away than I ever saw Tom Brady do. Right? But part of that is longevity. We'll see. It's not the point. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are two of the best ever, and they're losing their minds trying to play with young wide receivers. And they have Travis Kelsey, who's out there, who should be able to help and stabilize things. And I think he is to a degree. They even have veterans like MVS and Tony who aren't great, but they're veterans and they still can't get it done with Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. This is great perspective on how hard it is to win and succeed and execute and be consistent with young wide receivers which makes me want to give even more credit to what Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur and Adam Stenevich and all everybody involved is doing with the Packers right now because there isn't a Travis Kelsey there. There's not a Patrick Mahomes. There's not an Andy Reid. And they've figured out a way to get everyone on the same page to grow together and to reach a certain level of baseline competence and consistency with Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and Malik Heath and Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. I, I don't fully think... That we appreciate how hard it is to play consistent, winning, and executable football every week with a wide receiving core like that. Because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes can't do it. Now, maybe you could argue that the Packers' young players are better than the Chiefs. Okay, sure. But then I would say, well, the Chiefs have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Seems like an advantage. Oh, yeah, and Travis Kelsey, too. So don't lose sight of, of how hard it is to play with players that are young and inexperienced and appreciate what the Packers are doing. And hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, they continue to do it tonight. Okay, I've rambled too long. Let's take a three-minute break, take some of your calls, continue to talk about some of the games yesterday and preview Packers-Giants. It's the Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. Looking forward to Packers-Giants tonight. Going to do some previewing. No eye on the enemy tonight. We did that on Friday. We talked to Dan Duggan. If you missed that, you got time, go back and listen to Friday's podcast. Catch that interview. He covers the Giants for The Athletic. Not right now. The show's happening right now. But you'll have this nice window from 6 to 7. You know, to to take in any uh, auxiliary materials, you know, the extra, the the extras. You can go catch that interview. No eye on the enemy, but I do have some clips from Packers coaches and players over the weekend that I think kind of gives us the latest on what's going on with this, that, and the other thing. I want to talk about some results from yesterday, too. Lots of great games. Started with Chiefs-Bills. I was so sick of talking about the officiating. Seems like the Chiefs aren't allowed to lose without it being about the rest. And it's mostly not the Chiefs' fault. The Chiefs did a little bit of whining last night. I think they'll walk it back. I think they'll be like, ooh, that was a bad look. I get it. Happens to us all. I whine as much as the next guy. Basically what I do for a job, two hours every night. Uh, Last week, they got the rough end of a couple of calls or no calls. They mostly didn't say anything about it. It was the media. It was the media that made it into a big deal. The Chiefs made it into a big deal last night, which the media, we need to make a big deal out of the refing and the Chiefs making a big deal out of the refing It's just a mess. Um, it sucks. I also want to talk about Dallas-Philly, a game that last night I very much enjoyed. I think it was a result that's best for the league. As someone that picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl, when Bill and I made our Super Bowl picks earlier this year, made me feel like my pick actually has a chance. I could have gone chalk. I could have picked the Eagles, but that just seemed lame, so I went Cowboys and feeling like they're at least alive in the NFC, which is a good result for football, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. First, let's take some calls. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
5: Hey, Grant, this is Cone on I-10.
2: Oh, you're on the 10, Cone. Is that in California? No, the 10's in Arizona. That's right.
5: It's the connecting road between Phoenix and uh, L.A.
2: I just got through Palm Springs. Oh, nice. Well, you were boots on the ground in Tucson on Saturday. That game sucked.
5: Yeah, that was a letdown. I do have to give the University of Arizona some credit. Great home atmosphere,
2: beautiful campus really? and beautiful colleagues. Beautiful colleagues or coeds, what did you say? Coeds, that's what I meant to say. Well both. I, I heard I heard what you tried to say, so I, I got it. Did you have any any concrete takeaways from the game other than Arizona is really good and it seemed like Wisconsin was on a heater and they were probably destined to cool down a little bit?
5: Yeah, and my takeaway is that game could be played a hundred times and I think the University of Arizona wins a hundred times. Okay. They are just that much better, that much deeper. It it didn't look like they were even playing the same
2: sport. Uh. Well, that's a bummer. But I guess we can fall asleep at night knowing that we didn't get jobbed or anything. Like the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs went to sleep last night feeling like they got jobbed. At least I don't have to be like a Chiefs fan wondering what might have been. If, if that's what you're telling me, then I believe you. And I, I, I feel the same way after seeing that game on Saturday.
5: Yeah, but any Chiefs fan that thinks they got jobbed, watch it back. That is the rule. He lined up offsides. Go review the tape like I don't get what they're
2: complaining about. Oh, cuz it's never called. It's it's against the law. Yeah. Um it seems like a lot of the arguments from Chiefs fans or players is like, well, it didn't matter, so don't call it. It's like, okay. Okay, but it's, you're not saying he didn't commit a penalty. He committed a penalty. The argument is they shouldn't have called it because why? Because that sucks. And we don't pay to watch the refs, and I guess that's true, but Kadarius Tony is a bonehead. Like how how are you defending the actions of that man? This is what he does. And, you know, the universe has a
5: funny way of, you know, balancing things out and working things out. And for how much publicity the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, Andy Reid, they're in every commercial. You know, they got to get humbled a little bit. And we're seeing the same thing happen to Jason Kelsey, too, over in Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. That's true. And I I, look, I feel like the Chiefs could absolutely put a couple things together at the end of the year and win the Super Bowl. Like, who's the juggernaut in the AFC? The Ravens? Okay, but the Ravens aren't perfect. Joe Burrow's out for the year. That's been a bugaboo of Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs could still win the Super Bowl. It's okay to go through some trials and tribulations, some T's and T's in the season. And the Chiefs are getting a little bit of that. I'm not exactly going to feel bad for him here.
5: I just didn't love the way that Mahomes especially responded. You know, he looked like he was damn near crying on the field and then going off in the media locker room. And let's, I hate to bring up the old bad man, number 12, but after all those heartbreaking losses, yep. he got up to that podium and faced the music and gave really good answers. And here we got, you know, Mahomes just complaining. It's its its frustrating. You He's know, maybe not a franchise guy after all.
2: Ooh, no. <laughs> there's a take the exchange with josh allen was uh was tough it's like dude just shake his hand and move on like come on i don't know josh allen could have said after that playoff game oh lucky bastard you won the coin flip you know what i mean or, or, or tom brady when d ford lined off upsides a couple years ago it happens the it, the handshake at midfield is not the time for that so i'm with you on Mahomes. He must go to the Juwan Howard School's handshake line. Yeah, no. Well, Tom Brady, he's better than he didn't go to the Tom Brady School because if he went to the Tom Brady School, he wouldn't have shaked hands at all. So I guess maybe the Juwan, maybe a bad handshake is better than no handshake at all. I don't know. I got to get a couple of callers. Do you have a Packers prediction before I let you go, Cone? Um, Packers win 20-17, to and
5: there's at least 10 Shots of Danny DeVito's Italian family because I guess in 2023 that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, the Italian. This is what I said earlier on in the show. It's like, well, this DeVito guy sucks, but he's Italian, so I guess that's that's a thing uh, that we all care about.
5: Yeah. yeah, no eye on the enemy, but you know, anyway, just know that they're a quarterback Italian. That's all you need to know about the Giants.
2: Yeah. Uh, with that friend, I'll hang up and listen to the rest of the show. Go, pack go. Thanks, Cohen. Drive safe on the 10. Yeah, that is basically the preview for the Giants. It's like they suck, but hey, their quarterback's Italian, so they're they're cool. Although Ray Romano is Italian. No one ever thought Ray Romano. Ray Romano was always a boob. Why does Tommy DeVito get to be sick, and Ray Romano doesn't get any cred? I'm I'm an everybody loves Raymond Stan, so I guess I'm biased. I do think the closer we get to this game, the worse I feel about it. I still think the Packers will win, but the closer we get... I mean, as Alabama once said, the closer you get, the further I fall. Kind of the same situation. The closer we get to this game, the more nervous I am about it. I don't know why. It's, It's just every NFL game that I watch reminds me I don't know what I think I know. And a couple of days ago, I thought that I knew that the Packers are much better and they're playing good ball. And then I watched all the games yesterday, and the universe told me, for the most part, you don't know anything. So the closer we get, the further I am. The worst I feel it does. This doesn't really compare to the Alabama lyrics. That's just where my brain went. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello. Line two. All right. Circle back. Let's try line three. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
6: Grant. This is Vagabond John calling in from Highway 12. Oh, I like this. Let's
2: let's report which highways we're all on. This is fun. Eric, Eric's been doing this for years.
6: Yeah, well, you know, shout out, Eric, for, uh, you know, starting the trend. Highway 12 obviously caresses the beautiful underbelly of Madison, Wisconsin, known as the Beltline, so... Uh, just nice little afternoon
2: drive. i I miss the colors in the arboretum. There, there were a couple of weeks in the fall where it was just, mm, it was just beautiful, and now it's it's just mostly uh, mostly gross. But it is a highway I very much enjoy. I look forward to my commute home tonight, where I will listen to some CBS Sports Radio. Afterwards, I believe our friend Bart Winkler is hosting this evening, so I look forward to driving on the Beltline in just a couple of hours. Vagabond John,
6: beautiful. Every time I every time I leave the house, I'm just surprised at the new apartment building that's popped up on one of the random exits. So. Can't believe how fast things are growing. Things—the more things change, the more they stay the same. Though, how about Grant staying up late uh, looking at Wikipedia while Vegabon John is staying up late looking at Pro Football fo- uh, Reference .com, coming up with all kinds of weird stats? Huh? Uh, like,
2: I, I, I get taking an obnoxious stance and, and fighting, but your whole farvin and Russell Wilson thing's got to stop. That's that just—that's just, that's just dumb. Knock it off,
6: okay? As soon as, as soon as people were like, well, Russell Wilson had the number one defense during his Super Bowl year, so he's not a good quarterback. And I'm like, you know, who else had the number one defense their Super Bowl year? Brett Favre. And yeah, then but... I started like, looking at the stats and comparing it. I'm like, Brett Favre, phenomenal. Absolute standard for consistency at the position over the course of 15 years, staying with one fan base, lovable guy. Thank God we did not have all 22, and we didn't watch highlights on our phone and we didn't hyperanalyze every game then, like we do now, I firmly believe that if Brett Favre played now, we would have a very different view of Brett Favre's career. Think about it. 2003, you watched it on Fox. You didn't have the internet in your house for half the people listening right now. Maybe half the people did. If you did, you had to dial up and listen to a tone, right? You, you didn't have the instant access to every single dissection of every throw. You really only caught the highlights. They weren't out there playing lowlights. There was nobody on Twitter telling you how off pro football focus didn't exist, right? So I'm looking back at these Brett Favre stats, and, yeah, he was excellent in his first six years. He had the three back-to-back MVPs. Granted, his only competition was the ghost of, you know, the heroes from the 80s. You know, Steve Young and those guys were all, like, 35. Here's Brett Favre, the young upcomer. But from 98 through 2007, the dude was aggressively average. Right, I mean, Kirk Cousins is putting up better numbers. Baker Mayfield has similar numbers. Well, the league is
2: and different this, now. It's. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to argue with you about this. Far. far I wasn't going to bring it up today. Okay. okay. But then Cohn stole my Arizona take because
6: I was going after it about whoever out there. If there's a listener, guard your fickle. Your Twitter account sucks. You only view basketball through stats. And that guy was out there trying to say, if this was on a neutral court. Wisconsin and Arizona are really on the exact same level and I'm like if you take number 11 from Arizona I think Balo or Bello and Gilmore and you put them next to each other and you say who's gonna who's Gilmore. gonna get the
2: rebound oh it's just it was Bad. it was Amen. we're not on the same level Carter Gilmore did not Friday. deserve what you just served up for him that's he's been okay this year now i I will stand up and defend Carter Gilmore to a degree he didn't deserve what you just did to him.
6: He's a walk-on. Did you see what number 11 was doing to him? That was far more embarrassing for his future kids than ever I'm going to spout on the radio. Uh, well, I just, man, he didn't belong in the same court. It's clear Wisconsin is not. All that we learned on Saturday is that don't. national championship is not on the table this season. And that, as Badger fans, we can look each other in the face and say, that's okay. This can still be a really fun season. I think we still can win the Big Ten. That I- we are not national title contenders and that should not reduce how excited we are about games that shouldn't reduce the energy around the team that shouldn't reduce how excited we've been about the new things we're seeing from greg Gard. shouldn't reduce how excited we are about aj store they're not national title contenders and that is okay and for the entire section of wisconsin you know lunatics out there or maybe I was going to say fanatics. That's definitely not a word. Well, fan is Those short for fanatic, people. but
2: fanatics is not a word. Yeah, you're correct there.
6: Correct. Uh, the Sewers talk this morning on Over the Line got me got me all worked up. Oh, um, I that. It's okay that we're not national title contenders. That's all we learned. I don't think we need to bring the fire Greg Gard gauge back out. I don't know <laughs> if we can bury it. <laughs> I go back to Friday's conversation. I don't know if we can bury it because I don't know why we're running the offense through Gilmore. Um. But, you know, overall, that's all we learned.
2: Packer prediction before Tonight, I let you go?
6: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go pretty low scoring. I think it's Monday night going to be a little fluky. These games have sucked all year. I'm excited for the matchup, but I don't see why that trend will change. Give me Packers, like, 19, Giants, like, like 15, okay. and just a weird, ugly, fluky game. Um, yeah, let's go Pack. All
2: right. Drive safe on the Beltline. It's about to be rush hour, so all take right, it easy, right. Bagamon John. Later, Grant. There he goes, the red shed on Twitter. So there's just a lot there with college basketball that I we could have gotten into, but I don't want. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I was I was gonna say with Vagabond John talking about how well you know they're not national title contenders, but that doesn't have to diminish the rest of the season. Yeah, that's why I don't want to expand the college football playoff. I understand that's a different sport, but I I, I hate the idea that we need to like keep hope alive for a team that doesn't actually really have a chance when the title It's like, Oh, well in years previous you couldn't get in, but this year the seventh best team gets in. It's like, Oh, okay. So the first weekend of college football and, or the first couple of weeks and Alabama plays Texas, that game no longer matters anyways, because everybody's going to get in. It's fine. But I didn't really want to get into that. I don't have a ton to say about badger basketball. I think Cohn put it nicely. Arizona's just better. Sometimes you play a team that's just better. I think the badgers have a better game in them and that would maybe make it a better game but but Arizona is is on another level. That's that's a really good team. Uh, and we'll talk more Packers-Giants here in just a couple minutes. I'll take one more call before we go to break. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's the old Clemhead. The old Clemhead. Now, how are you, Mike? How was your weekend? Well,
7: I, I caught a really bad cold uh, yeah. Friday night, and I wasn't able to see the grandkids Saturday,
2: so that fucked. Oh. Uh, you got but, some uh, peace and quiet, though. I guess silver lining. Look at it that way. <laughs> You're probably not yeah, short on peace and quiet time these days, though probably get a lot of that. No. Yeah, it's true. But yeah. Uh, um yeah, I I
7: just want to say that do you remember that one time with LeBron James I do not I'd never watched him play really but uh he said you can't call traveling on me. He said that to an uh, NBA referee. But oh, yeah. uh Patrick Mahomes kind of gave me that vibe yesterday. You know, you can't he's so entitled. You can't call offensive foul on our team. You know, he's just I did not know that they could ask the referees to see if they were lined up offside or not. I had no idea because they call defensive, uh, they call neutral neutral zone infractions all the time on mm-hmm. defensive players. I didn't know that they the receiver could ask the ref if they were offside or not. Come on, you've been playing football since you were ten.
2: Um, Look at the ball. Whereas just look down the line. Well, and also like, I get it. I I get why they should be allowed to ask the ref because the ref is standing on the line. Like the ref has the best view. So to get lined up and then to check with the ref, like, am I okay? That's reasonable. I understand why that's maybe the way that it works. Football refereeing is so convoluted, but you're right about Mahomes. Basically every argument that he made afterwards was like, well, it didn't affect the play at all. It's like, well, a lot of penalties don't impact the play. That doesn't mean they go uncalled. Didn't uh, not
7: affect the basket at all. If I took five steps or three steps, yeah, right. but uh, <clears throat> I noticed a few things yesterday. I think that Trevor Lawrence is a wee bit overrated. I watched him play. I, I, what's all the fuss about him? I don't get it. And um, yeah, it, that that you know, we you and I talked about this last week when, uh, Patrick Mahomes is on every commercial break on TV, and and because of his huge salary, they lost Hill and they lost other key pieces. You know. You, it happens every time a team wins a Super Bowl, you lose your focus, you're on T V, you're on every talk show, you're you you uh don't concentrate on football anymore, you're concentrating on other things and you, you really lost key players and you can't reach you can't meet salary caps with the players you've got. So this is the inevitable. You cannot that's why there's no real dynasties anymore in the NFL because you can't keep
2: that you can't keep it up. I still think if we're picking teams today to win the, I think the Chiefs would still be my pick to win the AFC. I, I could be wrong. I, I just I trust even a a weak Chiefs more than I trust a, a Ravens team and they don't have Mark Andrews or at least it doesn't seem like they will even late in the playoffs so that but Joe Burrow's not around. I, the Bills have a special quarterback but the system around him isn't great. They could have paid Tyreek Hill Mike, then they wouldn't have this defense. The the, the Chiefs defense right. is really good. They chose defense over the expensive wide receiver, and I think given that they have Travis Kelsey, that was a reasonable choice. But by the end of the year, these guys have to play better. These wide receivers have to play better. That's the bet that the Chiefs are making. And I think when you're led by Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, it's still a decent bet. But it is a bet. It's not a sure thing. It's a bet.
7: Right. They, they wouldn't have Jones. He, Jones would have been gone. So that that yep. was a gamble. And you're right about uh, you're right about Goff. Um, you know uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees only. I think he was 66 six and 55 or
4: 65
7: and 56 outdoors. Yeah. Um, he was a small guy. I think you're, you're right about Jared Goff. I don't think he's going to be a great outdoor player. And, you know, it's not as big a deal as it used to be, but yeah, green Bay, Chicago, those games are played outdoors. and He got lucky with the schedule this year. And I think they're the, uh, I honestly think they're the same old lions. I so I've been saying this all year. Uh, I don't think they're as dangerous as everybody else thought they were, and I, and I did pick the Chiefs and, I, I mean, yeah, I picked Chiefs and 49ers for the Super Bowl this year, so.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Niners definitely look they're like they're in the catbird seat in the NFC right now. The AFC, I'm I'm not quite sure. Unless you are a full buyer of what the Ravens are selling, then that's pretty straightforward, but I I just think at the end, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes or it's Joe Burrow or it's Josh Allen and Burrow's hurt. I don't love the system around Allen, the team or the coach, and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, so I think I'm Still gonna bet on him. Do you have a, a pick for the Packers game? I got to run, Mike, but I want to get your pick or your thoughts before I let you go. Oh
7: yeah, it's it's kind of a trap game, but I still think the Packers will win twenty one to fourteen. But uh, tickets are, tickets are still available. At the, you want to go? The <laughs> Let's hop a flight. Thirty seven dollars. Can you believe that? Do so I expect to see
2: Mark being there tonight? Yeah. So, well, it's probably going to be a crummy night. It's December and teams no good. So I get it. I'm excited to sit comfortably on my couch and watch. I'm looking for. I'm looking cool. forward to that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, have a good one. That's Clubhead Mike up in Chippewa Falls. Thanks for listening. Let's take a five minute break, come back, continue to talk about Bills, Chiefs. Of course, we're going to preview Packers, Giants throughout tonight. I want to talk Cowboys, Eagles at some point. Maybe we'll save that for five o'clock, top of the hour, and we have a little bit more time. But Wisco Sports Show in any event, no matter what we're talking about, be back in five minutes. Stick around.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Bisco sports show. I'm looking at a picture right now of Tommy DeVito showing up at MetLife and he is dressed. He is dressed in a way that has me thinking the Packers are either going to get embarrassed and we're going to end up on the short end of the stick tonight of a guy who completely plays way better than he should and becomes the NFL darling in the story for the next 24 hours. That's either going to happen and this is going to suck. Or the Packers are absolutely going to roll over this clown tonight. And this is not anti-Italian discrimination. I have no problem with Italians, but... (laughs) I just realized the absurdity of just what came out of my... Look, I'm not racist against Italians, but... (laughs) This Giants quarterback's pissing me off, okay? Not because he's Italian, but because that's the only thing we seemingly know about. No one's watched him play. The Giants haven't been on primetime in two months. No one's actually seen Tommy DeVito play. We just know about him because they joke about him on PMT, and we see tweets. He might he he could be a, a creation of the media or of AI, as far as I know, because no one's actually watched Giant games the last couple of weeks. They've been un- unbelievably unwatchable. They, they get broadcasted to a tiny little speck of the country. You get, like, Jersey and a little bit of New York and maybe a bit down into Pennsylvania, and that's it. That's it. That's the only part of the country that's actually watched the Giants. So the Packers are either going to destroy this clown tonight, or we are going to get punked, and it's not going to be fun. And I'm just telling you what my gut is telling me. The closer we get to this game, the worse I feel about it. Just because, you know, we think we know what we know. I got this league figured out. I know what the Eagles are, and I know where the Niners are, and if these teams played, I know who would win, and I know this, that. And then I watched all the games yesterday, and I'm like, I don't know anything I am stupid other than last night. I predicted the Cowboys would roll the Eagles. That's the one thing I got right yesterday. Because I thought, yeah, the Cowboys are hot. The Eagles are not. Big D in Dallas tomorrow. It's the only part of yesterday I got right. And the closer we get to this game, the more I think about how little I actually know. I don't know. I want your thoughts on Packers-Giants. If you have an opinion on this Bills-Chiefs game, uh, we're, of course, not actually allowed to talk about the game. We have to talk about the officiating that screwed the Chiefs for the second straight week. Now, this week, it's actually the Chiefs' fault, because Mahomes and Reed are actually talking about it. Last week, it was mostly NBC and people on Twitter. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
3: Mike
2: in Madison. Mike in Madison, how are you this evening, you son of a gun?
8: Uh, Good, how are you, brother?
2: (laughs) A lot better than I deserve, Uh, Dave Ramsey. What what do you think? (laughs) Do you have a comment on Badger basketball? Do you just (laughs) want to do Packers Giants? We've done too little of Packers Giants for how close we are to this game, I think, so far in the first hour of the show.
3: Yeah, Packers Giants, uh, I I set my score this morning with Evo. I'm thinking 24-10, and I really think Gary shows up big in the game, and Uh, Clark. I'm I'm thinking Devito's going to be on his butt quite a bit, Um, so I I don't know. I think the Packers are going to roll him, and it's not going to be like rolling by scores. Just they're just not going to show him much. But I I think Devito will score. I think they'll score about 10 points.
2: So it's not that they're going to blow them out by 30. It's that we're going to look at this game tonight and by the third quarter think, oh, that's not a real quarterback, and he's not playing behind a real offensive line. So no matter what the score says this is not a game. The, the same way maybe we, we watched the Rams and the Packers earlier, and they're like, yeah, this is close, but Brett Rippen ain't doing it. Are you are thinking the same yeah. thing's going to happen tonight?
3: Yeah, kind of the same storyline. I think that what you're going to, like the eye test is going to show you that the Packers are just dominating the game, especially at the line. Okay. Um, so, that's just what I think. I think one of the keys, and I think a lot of people will touch on it this week, but just, you know, containing Saquon, uh, he beat us really bad last year, and I, I don't want that to happen again. So, yeah. um, I think containing him, good tackles, good open field tackles, don't let them get away from you, swarm him. Um, I think that's you know, I think that's what they're going to do, and I think we come out with a win. I think we dominate the game, win by fourteen, thirteen, maybe. Um, but touch on the Kansas City game real yeah. quick. Yeah, hit me. He's offsides, right? There's no question about that. We're not oh, going to yeah. we're not going to sit here and debate that. But, I have a but. The officiating this year, everyone can easily say, has not been stellar. Agreed. Okay, it's it's been very inconsistent, and it just seems like it's almost getting worse, like by the week, um, sometimes. And in many things that I saw today on TV networks and other uh, articles posted about this, Andy Reid's right they usually do give you a warning. And why in every other year this is called once or twice or three times in the entire year? Why has it been called 11 times this
2: year? So this is this is brilliant this is brilliant mike because we thought the nfl was gonna allow the tush push right we thought they were gonna do away with it and they didn't and instead the nfl this year has put a point of emphasis which is dumb and and we can talk about that coming up they said well we're gonna put a point of emphasis on the way that people line up which is not banning the tush push but it's making the the lining up of the tush push so difficult and murky that just no one's gonna do it or it's gonna die and that's only the only in the nfl would it be handled like that other sports leagues would say we don't like this play we're going to ban it the NFL is like, no, we're going to twist the officiating to be so convoluted that it just gets so watered down we don't even know what's going on. So I agree with what you're saying, okay. totally.
3: Uh, of course, and I and I think the NFL is actually pretty good and progressive about rule changes and making the game better for viewers. Mm-hmm. But this is wrong and it's inconsistent. And as much as I'm not a huge, you know, Kansas City Mahomes fan, I mean, I don't know many people that are other than that live in that part of the country. It it just it doesn't make sense it's not right there should be warnings and on tony's side too tony should have looked over and said hey man am i good because if you would have done that the line judge probably would have said no man move back um so it it, is tony's fault as well It's, it's not being locked in on a certain play and that's the rules and that's what it is but i i agree with
2: with both sides yeah, Kadarius Toney's a bonehead, so he does bonehead things. Marquez valdez scaling drops passes. He dropped passes a couple weeks ago, killed him. So I, the, the Chiefs are getting what they signed up for to a degree. I still think they're my Agreed. pick to come out of the AFC. Uh, I want to talk more. Mike, I think you made some awesome points about officiating, and they are points that I wanted to talk about, so we're going to do that coming up next, but i got to run. Sounds good. See you, Ryan. And good points about Packers-Giants. I agree with all of that, and I think the one thing that I'm forgetting as I get more nervous about this game is the Giants quite – Seriously, I'm 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 not exaggerating. When I say this: they do not have a competent, grown-up, professional football pass-blocking offensive line, Siv from left to right. So this would be the night: Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith. If this defense can just push the Giants into second and third down passing situations, they should win this game. Just based off of the personnel and the and the massive deficiencies that the Giants have up front. We'll see. they got to force them into a game script where that matters, right? If they're living in second and two and third and one all night, well, then pass blocking all of a sudden doesn't matter. So it's on Joe Barry's defense to force the issue. But we'll talk more about this. And Mike did hint at something very specific about NFL officiating that I want to talk about in detail and in length. So thank you, Mike, for setting us up for that. Wisco Sports Show, back after this.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bill's on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. Got to get a break in, get an update from Zach Heilprin. Still haven't talked about Eagles Cowboys, and I want to talk about Eagles Cowboys. We'll preview Packers Giants, more of that. But first, when we come back, I want to talk about NFL officiating, but not. In that, oh, the Chiefs got screwed. No, big picture conversation that Mike really started with us a couple minutes ago. So stick around. Hour 2 Wisco Sports Show next
0: coming together they're working they're getting better um, they're playing faster playing more confident but that doesn't happen by accident because this stuff doesn't happen unless you put in the work
1: this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills
2: Giants tonight and I want to talk about this game I do we did a lot of previewing last Thursday and Friday we're joined by some Giants guests as well for an eye on the enemy Dan Duggan was really good joined me on the Bill Michaels show and I was filling in for Bill last Friday so if you missed that interview listen to it tonight before the game you'll have an hour once this show's done six to seven you're gonna need something to listen to God forbid we just sit alone with our thoughts or spend time completely unoccupied with our friends or family I right Like, I'm not joking. That's how we work, right? I'm not just going to sit around with my thoughts. So go listen to that interview. Uh, No guests tonight. I want to continue to take your calls and continue to talk about Bills Chiefs. I want to talk about Cowboys Eagles in a couple minutes as well. But first, I want to, just for a couple minutes, build off something that Mike and Madison brought up a couple of minutes before we took that last break. So let's do that. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. And you can call the show if you'd like, 608-321-1670. So I do not feel bad for the Chiefs, okay? They built their wide receiving core around young guys, which is really hard. Even young guys who are good right away. It's hard to trust those guys to be in the right place all the time, to read the quarterbacks and the quarterback signals all the time, to catch the ball, right, to handle blocking assignments. It's just a lot. It's a lot to entrust to kids, especially on a team that's trying to win now. And the Chiefs are. So they have built their wide receiving core around Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore and other young players, and they're like, but we'll also mix in MVS, and we'll also mix in Kadarius Toney. Okay, but Kadarius Toney is a bonehead, and MVS drops passes. And since week one, Kadarius Toney's been doing boneheaded things that has directly now cost them more than one game. MVS dropped a pass against the Eagles that would have won the Chiefs the game, drops it. So you are trusting young wide receivers, which is a shaky proposition, and you're trusting MVS and Kadarius Tony, who have done the exact things that you would be scared of them doing. Kadarius Tony has been Kadarius Tony, and MVS has been MVS. So on one hand, I don't feel bad for the Chiefs, because this is kind of what they signed up for. Also, they still have Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and a really good defense. I still think they'll be okay, and I think if I had to bet my money today on which team was going to come out of the AFC, I think I'd bet the Chiefs. I wouldn't feel great about it, but you can't feel great about any team to make the Super Bowl. It's a long shot bet. That's weeks. So they're gonna have to stay healthy and be lucky and win playoff games and, and all, all those sorts of things. So I don't feel bad for the Chiefs. To a certain degree, this is the bed that they made and now they're laying in it. I feel frustrated league-wide for all teams and for all fans and for every general manager, every coach. Because and and Mike brought this up before the break. This is a point of emphasis this year. Right, We're really going to crack down on players that are lining up offsides offensively. Happened to the Packers twice against the Rams. John Runyon Jr. on a quarterback sneak. Didn't even really appear to be offside, but they're splitting hairs. It's a point of emphasis. And as I was cooking dinner last night and taking a shower, which is where I ponder, I do some of my best pondering in the bathroom, and I was thinking about what had happened, what I had seen between Chiefs pills, and I started to just think, wait, why do we have points of emphasis? Why? It's not a health or a safety issue. It's not like a wide receiver or an offensive lineman lining up a smidge off sides. That's not going to get anyone hurt. It's not leading to more concussions. It's not like a helmet to helmet thing. We're trying to cut down on that or even a hip drop tackle, which they've talked about maybe banning. Not health and safety. So many of these areas of emphasis every year, it just seems like they pull some crap out of a hat and they're like, hey, this year, we're really going to be pains in the asses about this. Why? I don't know. We just decided we want to do it. Like, why? wait, the rule book is the rule book. Enforce it the same every year. Why? It's like a pick your own adventure every year with this league. And again, health and safety, betterment of the game. Totally. There's nothing related to health and safety or betterment of the game. If the NFL thinks that the tush push is bad or football, which it is, they should get rid of it, which they should. But that would be too easy for the NFL. Because other leagues, baseball, the NBA, say what you want about those sports and the shape they're in relative to the NFL. They would say, oh, this play that we don't like and no one likes, we'll get rid of it. We'll just ban it. Easy. Done. Wash our hands of it. But the NFL, oh, no, 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 no. They they do things their own way. They're like, we're the NFL. Uh, No, the tush push is fine. No, uh, it's fine. Keep doing it. It's just that uh, eight out of ten-ish times that you try to do it, we're just going to find enough sides to call and then also, to keep things consistent so it doesn't appear like we're directly targeting that rule, we're just going to call it on other plays, too, whereas in the past we wouldn't have. Oh, and it's a <laughs> it's an area of emphasis. Yeah, that's, that's the word that we always use. It's just like, if you don't like the tush push, just ban the tush push. Just ban it. But the NFL does things their own way. They just made all the rules surrounding it more convoluted, and it'll get worse and worse and worse until teams decide that eventually it's not worth it, and then the tush push will die out, which is what we could have just done. With one swoop, one foul—is it one fellow swoop, one foul swoop? I don't know exactly the the language, so I just say it quickly, one foul swoop. But not the NFL. Oh no! Now it didn't directly cost the Chiefs the game last night. L- Line up off sides; it's not a problem. Line up on sides. But I I do agree with some frustration in what Mike and Madison said that the NFL just seemingly every year just picks some crap out of a hat and says we're gonna make we're gonna be real sons of bitches about this just because. And maybe it's good for discussion. It keeps the NFL in the news. We're talking about it today. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? The man, the myth, the legend. Dave from Monona. The Wizard. How are you this evening, Dave?
8: Ah, The Grinch who stole Christmas. I got to go out tomorrow and be nice ring my jingle bells and say Merry Christmas to a lot of people. You know how depressing that's going to
2: be tomorrow. Why is that depressing? Christmas is good. Call your friends. Call your family. Spread cheer, Dave. I sent you I sent you and email and Nelson a, a video that
8: I that I have to send people. It almost made me throw up doing that video.
2: Tweet it out. I'll retweet it so everyone can see it. Oh,
8: my God. God, people think uh, that, that's true that Grinch was still Christmas. But anyway, I, I digress. It took a more weeks and this crap all is over, you know. But hey, be, before the uh, football thing, the Badger basketball. What Saturday showed was Greg Gard doesn't have the athletes to compete against that type of offense. And this is what happens when you recruit a lack of recruits for shooting guards and white guys from Minnesota. Oh. They got truly embarrassed from the outside. I mean it was they kept it close, but Steven um, prowled down low. I mean he just he he got his ass handed to him and uh, it was sad. But you know, hey, they still can compete in the Big Ten and maybe they can get in you know, they'll get in the tournament hopefully. But this team needs this team needs guards who can shoot, not these inside game where they got totally annihilated. But now back to football. Mm-hmm. Why are we blaming the officials? This is your generation, Mike's generation,
2: eighteen-year-old generation. No, wait, 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 wait. You Mike. Need don't, help don't, don't, lining up? don't. You can put this on me. Don't put it on Mike. That's not what Mike was saying. Mike was saying yes, the Chiefs made the mistake and got penalized for it, but also the NFL you, is kind are of ridiculous. You have to blame the
8: officials. You not need blaming. The officials Oh, no, it should be, should be helping out. No. Are you kidding me? You can't light up on. you got to have an official tell you you're lining up on sides. Are you kidding me? And then you wonder why your Wunderlich score is minus six.
2: Well, Kadari, <laughs> I, I knowing Kadarius Tony, I, I don't know that his Wunderlich was high. Oh, come I'm on, not sure.
8: people. If you've got to look, am I on sides or are you an offensive lineman? Are we on sides?
2: Well the ref's got well, the best view of it. That's the rule is you check with the ref and he'll tell you if you're you're good or not.
8: You have the best view. Just look to your left, take a half a step back, and you never gotta worry about it. Duh. Hmm. I mean you instead you're looking to your right am I on sight? Oh I don't know, man. It's just it, it just it just it's amazing while well, we just make it easier and easier for this younger generation not to take any accountability. Tony, you were in third grade. First thing they teach you is, well, maybe his his neighbor, who knows, line up on sides or take a yeah. step back.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> but but Dave, I, I think my the, the way I'm trying to highlight this, and I think we agree, but you're putting this classic Dave from an on to touch on it is yes, Tony is a bonehead. Uh, Kadarius Tony, not Tony from Texas, who we might hear from yeah. at some point. So let's make that clear. No, 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 keep it for Tony. Let's to get it ready. He's a bonehead. <laughs> Tony, T- Kadarius Tony is a bonehead and messed up. But also, why does the NFL do this every year? It's like, we're going to make a point of emphasis out of this. Where it's like, this is never been a problem. We, we've we've officiated this for years and years and years. And just this year, we're deciding to be bastards about it. That's annoying. But the
8: problem is, they do it now, but come playoff time, they've made it a point of reference all year. Mm-hmm. But come playoff time, you think they're going to call that play in the fourth quarter and a two-minute drive? Not a chance. So a point of emphasis in the playoffs. Like it's like basketball officiating. Come playoff time, you're not calling fouls in the last two minutes. Well, most of the time, things are fouled the whole game. It's just the officiate difference. But um, I mean, just just come on, people. The officials, if you got to tell somebody where the lamp outside. Uh, but so that, that's all I got tonight. My Badger basketball, but hey, my Badger hockey team.
2: You bet. you're
8: abs- I keep. I, I I told people this last four years. Get rid of. Get rid of Tony Granato and all that selfishness and all these little prima donnas. You bring in somebody who just preaches, preaches fundamentals. And I got, I got to admit, Friday night was a was a thrill for me. The Badger Badger on uh, Hockey, Bill Howard, and Paul Brown, yeah. probably the greatest um, hockey announcers tandem in the state ever. For those who are that are a little older and have you know have an IQ above three, which means anybody under forty counts you out. Bill Howard and Paul Brown. My, uh, all, you know, people just heard heard Brian Posick and Robbie Andringa. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean that's hockey announcing people. Not like I Matt mean, Mark Mark um Towers is good. He just never shuts up. But he's good. <laughs> and the guy for Justin Garcia you know, he might as well do he might as well do a eulogy at a you know, at an all Jeff funeral. but uh, it was a thrill Friday night to watch, listen to them guys Paul Brown, wow I mean, what what a hockey game, but hey, national championships this year. one last question. maybe you or Bragabond Julie or Tony or, or um what's it Cream corn? yeah, why the hell Wisconsin volleyball they draw six, seven thousand fans.- mm-hmm. Why are they not doing games at the Col Center or Sweet 16s? they can fill that barn up. I've never got any an answer. maybe uh, Creamcorn, Corn being a, an alumni maybe he knows the answer why they're playing in the barn when they could draw 17,000 fans in that Kohl Center?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. And, and maybe I can get maybe Cohn, if he's still listening, he's driving. So don't tweet and drive, Cohn. But if you do see this, send a tweet. Maybe you know uh, his his booster connections are much more basketball than volleyball. I would just assume because it's, it's a cool environment. You know, everyone's on top of each other. It's very intimate. It's loud. Um, and, and I think of, Dave, what I first thought of when you brought this up is how they do state football at uh, uh, Camp Randall and it's really cool I think for those kids to be able to play at Camp Randall but it's so spread out and it's so empty it it's not always the best environment you know whereas you play in a smaller field everyone you're on top of each other it's loud the crowd is right there so that would be my thought they could I'm sure sell it out and make a lot of money at the Kohl Center sure um, I don't know I, I, I would know any better that would be my guess but then again UW would be losing money if that were the case so I'm sure it's a little bit deeper than that um just well we want it to be loud it would be a lot of money uh as you said Dave I don't disagree with you let's take one or two more calls and we'll take a break 608 3211670 whiskey sports show who's this Eric on I90 Eric on I90 you like this we've had multiple callers give out their call sign tonight
0: I'm actually impersonating I I do like that I like and I like to know we have boots on the ground and if we think back to last week's Bill Michael's show, most of your listeners are on the road.
2: That is true. Not that you'd ever know it. Nobody ever shares which highway they're on. I kind of like that. That's a nice touch. I'm actually impersonating
0: Eric on I 90 tonight. I'm actually in my garage, which I call the Eric on I 90 where. That's where I would go with my, like, a, if I was a superhero, yeah. if I was Iron Man. Yeah. Like this that. is where I would go. What are you working I, on I, in your I'm garage? Guy. Uh, actually, nothing right now. I'm just listening to the great. I'm listening oh, to just, great sports talk radio. You so just I'm didn't want. Up. You
2: just didn't want your wife to have to listen to what we're doing right now, is that it? <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we the same. Are you page. on the air? Yeah. She'd be
0: like, "Are you on the air?" Exactly. So, oh, no. My God. Um, this Mahomes business. You mm-hmm. know, he handled it pretty good last week. Um. You know, he had a bad call last week, and bad calls happen. Okay, they do. All right. And I think this week we've just seen him kind of crack a little bit because he's yeah. not used to this. Um, he's not used to things not going his way. And I think we all love to watch the, the kings of the hill, and they have been for some time now, right? Mm-hmm kind of falter a little bit
2: you know well i think it's it's a good i'm always you know me eric i'm always looking for lessons you know especially when it's not one of our right. teams like if we're talking about the chiefs or the cowboys it's like what can we learn from this game that we can apply to one of our teams it's hard to win with young wide receivers it's really really hard to, to have a bunch of young guys even with andy Reid and patrick mahomes and travis kelsey right it's not like they don't have good pieces but it's hard to win with young wide receivers and develop them on the fly while you're trying to win Um, And I think Packers fans, we would be wise to remember that a little bit. When our team was struggling so much earlier on in the year, wide receivers were figuring it out, learning where to be, how to block, the timing of things. It's a really complicated position, and it's not as easy as running down the field and catching the ball.
0: I would agree. Another thing, too, is that you're you're, you're 100% right that these guys can... You know, this is a team that can pull it together, right? Yep. They can pull it together, you know, in the... First week, or if they even get a buy, who knows how this is going to pan out, right? Yeah, and they could pull this together and win the Super Bowl again because they, when you when you watch them, the eyeball test, you know they've had like three of them that the guy just had to catch the ball, right? Yep, and they win. Yep. So it's 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 like right there. So their eyeball test is yeah, they can do it. Now when you watch my beloved Minnesota Vikings, you don't feel that way. You don't feel like it's there, you know? It, it didn't feel that way yesterday, no. But a win. A win. And I don't think anybody scored a touchdown on us. In fact, I know this, since Denver.
2: That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Brian Flores is, I don't know that there's a defensive coordinator in the league that's that people have a higher opinion of right now. I mean, he looked, he no. made Jordan Love look terrible. He made the Niners look mortal. I mean, he shut down that San Francisco 49ers team. They had a couple of injuries, if I remember correctly, but still. Yeah,
0: they were missing Debo. That's a biggie. But that all being said, you know, we're all looking for a little bright spot now. I'm watching. Did you watch the game? Last night? Did you watch the game yesterday, the Vikings? The
2: Vikings game? Yeah, I had it on my uh, my laptop, my second screen. Not that I not that well, much happened, Eric. It was three to nothing.
0: Well, hold on, though. So I'm watching this thing, you know, and there's this discussion about quarterback choice okay so i disagreed with o'connell to start him again okay okay and after the first drive i'm like and i think anybody who watched it felt the same what more do you need to see and it continued and it continued he doesn't remember to throw the ball and then when he does it's always high yeah he's just he, he he's not emotionally ready to play that game right now he just can't do it and Mullins came in, and you know he made a try for a field goal. But did you see him on the sideline? He looked like he was going to throw up afterwards, because he's like, "We got to do something." Yeah,
2: yeah. and I he's and like, this is the tough part about the Vikings is we kind of forecast the rest of the season. We try to figure out how this division is going to shake out in the wild cards. I love the Vikings' coaches. I love their defense. I love their coordinator. I like their wide receivers. I love their offensive line. Your team might run out of a quarterback. You know, we might get to the end of the year and think oh, yes. they have Nick Mullins. They just don't have a shot, which would really suck. Might, might run out of a you, you think You think they're at that we point where, have... where they're cooked? Yep. Okay. I
0: okay. think, well, uh, I'll rephrase, and the, the defense can't keep this up. I think we got a chance of still making the playoffs. I do. Oh, um, yeah. Mullen Camp uh, got to just kind of not, but, you know, he went back, you, there's a, there's a clock in your mind when you're watching, right? You you do this with Jordan Love. You're like, throw the ball, right? Yep. You were doing that when he wasn't throwing the ball.
4: Yeah.
2: You
0: know, it's like you're it in your head. It's like, that ball better be gone, and you could just see Dobbs didn't have it. Yeah. He just didn't have it.
2: Yeah. Well, I got it. Well, and uh, give Kevin O'Connell credit. He made the move. It might have taken him a little bit too long, but they won the game, and— <laughs> It's not like he had a pro bowler sitting on the bench. I saw a lot of Vikings fans like, why didn't he make the move to Nick Mullins? There's probably a pretty good reason he didn't make the move. I don't think Nick Mullins is that much better, but he went to it and it worked out.
0: Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, he might be. He did throw the ball. He did let her rip. Yeah, he did. I'm going to hand it to him. Hey, we won. Yeah. You know, you talk about coaching here. Look at this mess. This guy's trying to bring along. Come on.
2: I feel you. I do. Well, we'll talk more about it. I get a couple other callers. We don't want people to get antsy, Eric, but uh, congrats yeah, on your big win yesterday. Yeah, everybody to
0: call where they are. We want to know what's going on out there. We want to <laughs> know what the traffic situation is.
2: We do. Bye. All right, bye, Eric. Have a good night. Say hi to Miss I-90. All right, one more call, then we'll take the break. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hi, this is Keith in apartment 15. Keith in apartment <laughs> You want to... give me the rest of your address and your credit card number and the security code on the back. Please, uh, you can tweet it to me if you don't want to say it on air. That's uh, that's fine. What's going on, Keith?
4: Uh, I'm just calling about the uh, Kansas City offensive penalty there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if this is true or not firsthand, but they were talking about it on NFL Live on ESPN that supposedly Tony was offside uh, a whole bunch of times during the game, and they never called it. And then they waited till the end of the game to call it.
2: Yeah. Look, well, Don't line up off sides like I I get it. NFL officiating is stupid. There, there's two conversations here, Keith, right? Both of these things can be true. Kadarius Tony is a bonehead and the Chiefs kind of got what was coming to him. But also the NFL is dumb and like they can't figure out year to year how they want the game officiated. They're always changing it. It's it's a mess. So I think both things are true. I also think if Kadarius Tony just lines up on sides, the Chiefs win the game and we're not talking about this. And at the end, that's the fault of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, Keith.
4: That's really all I wanted to mention is that I had heard that on TV, and I, I, I didn't see it firsthand myself. But somebody on the on that show was talking about it. So yeah. also, also that expression is one fell swoop.
2: Yeah, one fell swoop. Oh, F E L L. Yeah. Yep. Oh, perfect. Okay. I thought. Why did I think it was foul? Fell swoop as if you're felling something. We're felling trees. we fell swoop. Okay. you. Gotcha. All right. I appreciate that, Keith. Enjoy Apartment Fifteen. Thanks for the call. All right. Thanks. but Yeah. Have a good one. Let's take a three minute break. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco sports show next.
1: This is the Wisco sports show with Grant bills on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network.
2: Wisco sports show. I still want to talk Cowboys Eagles that game last night. I got some takes about that game that some of you probably aren't going to like. Packers-Giants tonight will continue to preview this game. I think it starts in the trenches, folks. It starts in... This game might start and end in the trenches. All trenches tonight. Because the Giants can't pass block. They don't have a functioning, competent, pass-blocking offensive line. So Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness. All those guys should be able to have awesome games. Now, the defense needs to put themselves in position to rush the passer, right? So we can't be giving up eight yards of carry on first down. Can't be doing that, right? That that part of the game will be interesting to watch. And this is the better, well, I guess let me think. Is it or isn't it? The, the Giants defensive front and Wink Martindale can get after the quarterback. I guess I'm not smart enough and educated enough about this defensive front to compare them to the Chiefs or to the Lions. I was going to say, this is the best pass rush they've played in a while. I don't know that to be true. But I think this game will be decided by whether or not the Packers can get after Tommy DeVito enough and whether the Packers offensive line can continue to progress and play well and avoid penalties against a wink Martindale defense that really got after them in London last year. Hurt Aaron Rodgers really kind of sent their season sideways. So it's going to be decided in the trenches. Some would say every game is decided in the trenches. Some would probably be right to say that. But I think tonight uh, those are the matchups and I think the the trench warfare is going to be even more important than usual some Shohei Ohtani news we just learned that he deferred his contract at a level that I didn't even think was legal Um, Shohei Ohtani's contract runs through 2024 uh, through 2033 for those years he's going to make 200 million a year after that he's going to make 68 million a year he's deferred it so the Dodgers can contend with him this is disgusting this is why I can't take baseball seriously Like I'm, I'm supposed to believe and expect that my team can contend with that. And I have a couple of Dodgers fans that listen to the show. They're KTY listeners. They live in lacrosse. I know exactly what the wench family. I love them to death. Um, But they're going to be in my mentions over there saying any team could have done this. Yeah, Any team could have deferred the money. Very few teams, one or two teams, could have had $680 million in principal to defer from 10 years down the road. It's like, anyone could have put money in. Everyone should have bought property back in 2008. Well, yeah, I was 10 years old, so no, not anybody could because I didn't have the money. So so it's not just about the fact that the payments are deferred. It's about that the payments can be that big. Because the Dodgers have that much money. It's gross. It's disgusting. And every baseball writer that doesn't come out and condemn this as the the gross misuse of funds uh, and power that it is, is a hack and a stooge for baseball in a state where they think the Dodgers are going to be the super team. That is their saving grace. And when the Dodgers lose in the NLDS, because it's what they do, I I guess we'll have to, to champion some other team. Won't be the Brewers. It'll never be the Brewers. It'll be some random team like the Reds. Or the Marlins, and then we'll champion that team to the uh, the World Series, and we'll forget about the Dodgers. But man, at least they'll be fun to talk about and watch in the World Series. That's a lie. They won't be. It's disgusting, and it's uh, an affront to the sport and the league that I love. But that's neither here nor there. It's a football Monday, a Green and Gold Monday. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
4: I'm calling from the Cradleboard Trail. <laughs> In Broomfield, Colorado.
2: I love that, and Mike.
4: Boulder County open space.
2: Uh, taking the dogs for a walk?
4: Yeah, I'm on dog number two today.
2: God, you're just out so, there walking. I appreciate it. Well, you got to work out the nerves before a big Packer game, too. I totally get that. Okay. I, I, I go for walks at halftime. If I get nervous, I'm a big walker.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, on that Kansas City thing, you know, I was sitting on the couch last night. And I saw him offside. Yeah. And I yelled out, he's offside. Not a boy. So I don't understand what the big deal is, you know. And and Dave from Monona, is—he's right. He's, you know, this—it's the rule. And like you mm-hmm. said too, Grant, it's the rule. And mm-hmm. these guys are getting paid millions of dollars a year, and they can't figure out how to follow the fundamentals of football and play by the rules. I just—we should warn them. Then the refs should warn them. I don't get it. <laughs> it's just constantly taking a little bit more responsibility away, accountability away from the people who are who are playing the game, you know, like, well, the ref didn't warn me, so I guess it's okay.
2: Yeah. and I. Well, so the ref, by the way, they're not wrong that the ref will correct a wide receiver. The The idea is the ref is not going to jump in and say, hey, you're off sides. The ref, when asked by a wide receiver, will give a guidance. If the re, if sure. the if the wide receiver looks down the line and, and thumbs up and, and the ref will go, no, you got to move back. But when you look at the replay, Kadarius, Tony comes up to the line. He gives a little wave to the ref just going through the motions right, before he's even lined up. So he doesn't even make a good-faith ask to the referee. That's on Tony, too.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And, you know, and I think it was the play before that or the, maybe two plays before that, the Kansas City left tackle jumped early, pulled up early, because mm-hmm. I, re, I rewound the play. So yeah, Ju- a, Juwan Taylor's also cooking a- him, their left
2: tackle. He's, he's committing penalties like John Runyon Jr. Like, he's really hurting the Chiefs.
4: Yeah, I know. So tonight, I... It, I've been saying I think the last three or four times I called it. It all starts with Matt Lafleur, and he's got to keep the pedal, you know, his his foot on the pedal,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and come up with a good game plan. And uh, the Packers are due for a—they're due for like a, a breakout game, don't you think?
2: You think so? I mean,
4: they've been playing some some of these close games and gradually a lot of injuries, but one of these games, I would think that they they're they're going to be up for some, scoring some points.
2: Look at it this way, you know, if, go right. if this Packers pass rush is the burgeoning young rising unit that, that we believe that, or we think that it could be or that we because the rest of this defense really is nothing special, Mike, their their corners are maybe they're promising, but they're young and we don't know their safeties have been banged up and they weren't that good to start the year. This defense has gotten off the field because of that pass rush. And if that pass rush yep. is is good at the level that we think it could be, they should obliterate this game tonight. They should be everywhere. Uh, and, and if uh, they're not, then I guess we have some questions because this whole line—they're Swiss cheese, Mike. Yeah,
4: yeah, and I'm glad uh, you know it's a doubleheader tonight. So I'm glad that uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Bucker are going to be on the call, though. So
2: uh, America's booth. It, yeah, I saw um, Chris Fowler or Tessa Torres doing the other game because uh, there's two yeah. games tonight for some weird reason. Uh, yeah,
4: well, I don't want to take too much time because I, I. Cause, kind of long-winded last time, so my apologies go out to no, Matt no, and Cross good. Plains for that time.
2: <laughs> Matt, so, uh, Matt, we, we got everything in before the buzzer, before the end of the show on Friday. You're all good, Mike.
4: Yeah, and then uh, I got I owe you a call tomorrow, so I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Oh, well, yeah, we'll talk about the game. Have
2: a good walk. Enjoy the game tonight, Mike.
4: All right. Bye, Grant. Go Packers.
2: Go Pack. That's Mike out in Colorado. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
4: Man, Mike in
9: Colorado and I are in the same. Whoa! Place,
2: Look at that. He almost—he felt that you were there and waiting, and he didn't want to take up too much time. What's up, Matt?
9: Yeah. No, I just—you know—I just had that rap. Just I, I wrote that rap like in two seconds, Grant. And uh, I'd like to apologize uh, for the Arizona loss because I was working on something last Friday, but then I I couldn't call in because uh, some other circumstances came up. So. Uh I'll have, to, I'll have to try again for the next big game. But, you know, oh, I don't think funny. Jacksonville State needs a wrap. No. Uh,
2: so we probably don't need a uh, publication of the Greg Guard gauge either. We can probably sit this one out.
9: No, no, that's yeah, that's good. And, uh, you know, while they couldn't miss in Arizona, so that, that's what's going on there. Football is a game of inches, right? So mm-hmm. if you're not lined up in the right spot, you get a flag. You know, there's nothing you can really do about it. I, um, I know I they don't call it that often, but, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but yeah, game's over. I don't think they would have, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily guarantee that the Chiefs would have won if uh, they wouldn't have called it, though, right? I mean, you never know in football.
2: Yeah, there was a minute, what was there? I think, what, a minute 10, if I remember correctly, so it wasn't over, but yeah. close to it. I don't know that I love, the Bills love losing these close games. Uh, which is something that Tyler Dunn told us and, and he wrote all about in his story last week that gained so much traction. Yeah, the Chiefs would have been up four. I suppose they could have gone for two to go up five, although that wouldn't have done anything for them. Uh, and at the time that that play happened, let me scroll all the way to the bottom, uh, there was on that play that was called back, uh, there was a minute 12 yeah, minute twelve left, so a minute 10. It wouldn't have necessarily been over, but, I mean, you're in a lot better spot. You have the lead
9: yeah indeed for sure so i mean but it'll it'll all be water under under the bridge right i mean like the chiefs are going to make the playoffs probably right oh, so, yeah. i um, still i anyway,
2: i still think the chiefs are going to make the super bowl but we'll see
9: yeah yeah we got chiefs versus uh, 49ers probably it's looking like if you had to choose today cowboys but uh or oh, the cowboys yeah big mike could you imagine that evil would Hell love yeah. that yeah. um but anyway, yeah. So that's what all I have to say. I've been listening, uh, you know. I listened all last week and uh been calling a lot. But uh, I'd like to give the other callers a chance as well.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. It, I think it's nice that we get that we rotate. You know.
9: Yeah, we we, we keep the rotation up. You
2: know. So. I like that. Like a good starting I, pitching
9: I find, it, I find it comical. Uh, Eric and I ninety calls your 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 girlfriend, uh, Mrs.
2: Whisco. <laughs> Mrs. <Miss, Miss> Whisco. <laughs> Uh, the girlfriend got to uh, got to go experience the Bill Michaels Christmas party on Saturday night. That was a that was a treat. Mike yeah. Clemens grabbed a guitar, started singing for everyone. Yay! Yeah. Uh, oh god, are we losing Matt? I think we lost Matt in the plains. That's Matt in Cross Plains. Appreciate you, Matt. But yeah, Mike Clemens did grab a guitar. Let's take a break. We come back. I want to talk about last night's game. I keep saying we're gonna to get to it. I think I am gonna have some things to say about this game that you are not gonna like, but guess what? You need to hear it. Okay, so we're going to talk last night, uh, Cowboys-Eagles, and then we'll wrap up the game, my final thoughts on Packers-Giants before we uh, say goodbye and we watch the Packers hopefully beat Tommy DeVito because if they don't, uh, we are going to be a bit of a punching bag, a little bit of a punchline. It's going to suck. All right, Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. Stick around.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Zone Radio Network.
7: That's why, I like, the pitch segment was pretty... Big. Boom,
0: bang, boom. And then I see Bill go reach...
2: Wisco Sports Show. Sorry, I had some audio of Pat McAfee coming from somewhere. It's coming out of my phone. Pat McAfee's everywhere these days. I wonder if Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers will discuss the structure of the Shohei Ohtani deal tomorrow. I wonder. That'll probably be the... The rundown will probably be something like... COVID, Otani, Fauci, Zach Wilson played pretty good. Those are probably the big, the big four. Yeah. Shohei Otani, 700 million deal, a $700 million deal. And they're going to defer all but 10 million of it over the next, what, nine or 10 years. It's just so dumb. And, and this is, and this is going to be it because it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, the shiny object for all of baseball fans to to now give the Dodgers credit it's like well the Dodgers I mean they convinced him to do this and, and what a what a what a winning move from a player that just wants to win and the Dodgers found this loophole in the CBA yeah they did but you know what else the Dodgers did they had 700 million dollars to spend it's like it's like it's like a grown adult coming up to me and being like oh, I bought a bunch of real estate after the collapse in 2008 <laughs> anybody could have done it it's like well I was 10 I okay, so no I I couldn't have. I didn't exactly have the principal laying around. I still don't have the principal, but that's neither here nor there. Maybe if they were giving out loans like they were back then, maybe I'd be living in a house right now instead of in an apartment with a space heater instead of a, a wood stove fireplace like I so desperately desire one day. This is just so, this is so dumb. I hate baseball so much. And every time something like this happens, I hit up my group chat with my high school buddies because they're all Twins fans, and this is the one thing that unites us. They have some stupid, roofless, you know, bar-hopping state where you can see the skyline. Mine is surrounded by concrete and tailgating, and there's a roof, and there's no skyline. They're an American League uh, cool team. I'm the old-fashioned National League team, DH, right, this, that, the other. We have nothing in common other than I hate the Dodgers and they hate the Yankees, and it brings us together. It's a bonding moment for us. So I had to hit up the group chat. This is, I'm so pissed about this. We'll talk more about it tomorrow and we'll probably talk about it on Bill's show. I do want to talk a little bit about Sunday Night Football last night because it was the game that everything was leading up to yesterday. I wanted Dallas to win for a few reasons. First, Dallas winning, especially Dallas winning big, unquestionably winning, running away with that game. And they won by more than even the score would make it appear Mix for the best narratives, okay? Because today we're able to talk about McCarthy getting a big win. And all of a sudden, look at the success. Look at the success McCarthy is having with Dallas. A couple of stats. May I share these with you? Uh, The Cowboys reached 10 wins for the third consecutive season. The last time they did that was 91 to 96. 30 points tonight. Dallas becomes the only team in NFL history to score 30 points in each of its first seven home games. The Cowboys have won 15 consecutive home games, spanning back to 2022. Longest streak by a team since the Cowboys in the early 80s. McCarthy has a 42 and 23 record with Dallas. McCarthy's 40 regular season wins are tied with Barry Switzer. The Cowboys have won eight home games by 20 or more points in 2023. Franchise record. Uh, First time it's been done since the 2007 Patriots on and on and on like all of these benchmarks that McCarthy is hitting and I'm happy for him right so McCarthy getting a big win Dak getting a signature win the Eagles panic is it time to press the panic button with the Eagles it's funny to watch another team go through that Dak is now the front runner for MVP and it's clear cut he's been playing awesome football this year he's having a career year and now there's a third elite NFC team we were sure about the Niners we're pretty sure about the Eagles and I'm pretty sure I'm still pretty sure about the Eagles. But now the Cowboys, I legitimately believe, could come out of the NFC, which is cool. It's cool to have that uncertainty, and it's cool to have those possibilities coming into the playoffs. So Dallas winning last night the way that they did makes for the best narratives in sports. And also, I'll admit, I like this Cowboys team. This Cowboys team. This specific team in 2023 with these specific players and these specific coaches. Doesn't mean I like the organization. Doesn't mean I'm a Cowboys fan. I like this team. And you don't need to agree with me, but I like Mike McCarthy. I like Dak. I really like Jake Ferguson. He's a legit weapon. The kicker is unbelievable. He had two 60-yarders yesterday like they were extra points. This defense is so much fun to watch. Al Harris coaching up the secondary, getting love on the national broadcast. Dan Quinn is a really likable team. And I have no problem seeing this team come out of the NFC. There's really no reason to dislike this Cowboys team. Other than that, they're the Cowboys. And other than they have the star on the helmet. And if that's too much for you, if 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 you can't get past that, that's fine. Then we agree to disagree. But I personally am a little bit bored of the 49ers. I'm a little bored of that. I'm really bored of the Eagles because they play a boring brand of football. Um, I am bored of seeing the Niners and the Eagles come out of the NFC. So if it's not going to be the Packers, and I don't think it's going to be the Packers, then I have no problem with it being the Cowboys. I would be very happy for McCarthy um doesn't make me a Cowboys fan. It means I like this team, this specific team this year. And if you think that's unacceptable for a Packers fan, well, I can't argue with you. I could tell you that you should move on from the 90s a little bit, but as someone who didn't live through the 90s, I, I, I can't really put myself in your shoes. I did not live through the, the pain and torture of playing the Cowboys in the 90s, but then again, I couldn't buy real estate in 2008, like I said. So really, it's a wash at the end of the day. Uh, we're all paying for the the sins of our timing and when we were born into this planet. I'll cheer for the Cowboys against the Niners because the Niners suck too. The, The Niners are getting away. The Niners are getting away with things that the Cowboys don't get away with. And maybe it's because they're America's team and it's Jerry Jones and, oh, Jerry Jones sucks. Well, I would tell you that most billionaire owners... Uh, of nfl teams are pervy old men who probably aren't above board we could agree to disagree if you want to argue with me on that that's fine i'm not going to act like i know the life story of all these guys but i i don't find any of them particularly likable right like i i i would pull for the cowboys the niners are just as bad the niners get away with crap that the cowboys don't get away with maybe because they're America's team jerry jones whatever but the niners have been a thorn in the Packers' side forever and more recently than the Cowboys have been. But we don't hold that against them. The Niners haven't won a Super Bowl in almost 30 years or a little bit more than 30 years, which is the same as the Cowboys, but for whatever reason, we don't hold their feet to the fire on it. they like the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics haven't done dog ass since the 80s other than 2008, which was a super team win that we really don't even criticize as a super team win because they did it before super teams were cool. Right, So the Niners and the, the Celtics, there's a lot of parallels in that. They suck for a lot of reasons that we admit other teams suck. But for whatever reason, we don't hold the Niners' feet to the fire. It's like we don't hold the Celtics' feet to the fire. I'll, I'll, pull for the, I'll pull for the Cowboys to come out of the NFC this year if it's not the Packers. And, and it won't be the case every year, but this specific team, this specific year with how I feel about other specific competitors in the NFC, uh, for me, it's, it's the Cowboys. I was very happy to see him win last night. Tonight, this comes down to the trenches. Okay, I know that we're all hot to trot about Jordan Love, and he's played great. And I know we're all excited and fired up and revved up about the Packers' young wide receivers, and we should be. They've played great. And I hope that those things continue. But Jordan Love could have an off night tonight, and the wide receivers could have a little bit of an off night. And the Packers could still win this game if the big uglies, the big boys in the trenches, do their job. This is a trench game, okay? The defensive line of the Packers should have a field day tonight. Joe Barry has the horses to basically not let Tommy DeVito play the game of football tonight. The same way that Steve Spagnolo didn't really allow Jordan Love to play the game of football back in 2021 or 2020, 2021, when they were in Kansas City. Right? They have the horses. They have the matchup. The offensive line of the Cowboys is not a serious I like I love you, but you're not serious people, Brian Cox, sudden succession. Logan Roy, I love you. You're not serious people. This offensive line, they're not serious people. Joe Barry has the instruments. He has the keys, the tools to basically not let Tommy DeVito play football. He should use them. That's not to say that he should send the house on every single snap. But the game script for Joe Barry and the Packers defense is very simple. Stop the run on first down and, and, and sack and tackle and beat Tommy DeVito to a pulp until he pisses blood, figuratively, not literally. Although, as long as they're clean hits, I guess, what are you going to do? That's the goal tonight. Do not let him play football, right? He's going to want to drop back, go through his... Don't even let it get to that point. It shouldn't get to that point. This offensive line is a turnstile, okay? So on the defensive side, the, the game script is fairly easy for Joe Barry and the Packers. They have the horses. Joe Barry's not my favorite coordinator. But I think he's graduated maybe past total nincompoop, or maybe not. We'll see tonight. Okay, On the Packers' offensive side of the ball, Zach Tom's got to keep playing a clean right tackle. Right, Josh Myers has actually played really well. And not just played really well And that the Packers have told us he's playing good ball. He's actually statistically playing good ball. And if he keeps doing that uh, uh, against some of the, like uh, the Giants have the horses up front. I don't know if they're better or worse than the Lions or the Chiefs. I, I'm not the statistical mind. Newsflash, I'm no statistician here. Okay, I'm not a calculus teacher, but this is a good defensive front, and Wink Martindale gave Matt LaFleur and this offensive line a lot of problems last fall when they were in London. So if Zach Tom can hold up, if Rasheed Walker and Zach Myers can keep progressing the way that they've progressed, if Elton Jenkins or Elton Jenkins, Elton Jenkins can play high level football like we know that he can, the Packers win this game, and I don't know that Jordan Love even has to sling it really well. Um, I would like him to. I would very much enjoy that. But if the Packers win in the trenches like I know they can, like I know they should on defense and like I know they can on offense, this game, save for any weird, wet, wild flukiness, which you always, you know, could consider, the Packers should win this game going away. Things should fall into the place and it it should work out for them because they have the capability to dominate the defensive line of scrimmage and very much hold their own on the offensive line of scrimmage. Got to do both of those things and I think the rest for the most part will probably Nine times out of 10, 99% of the time take care of itself. Let's take our final three minute break. We'll wrap up the Packers Giants preview Wisco Sports Show next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show, oh, if Tommy DeVito beats us, I'm going to be in a horrible mood tomorrow. Just horrible mood. I'd rather lose to the Panthers. I'd actually much rather lose to the Panthers because then that would hurt the Bears' draft stock. Oh, I don't know that it's going to matter because if the Patriots win one more game, and I think the Panthers might end up with the number one pick regardless. I don't know that it's going to matter, so we'll see. It's just, I don't know. This whole Tommy DeVito thing annoys me, and it's not because I don't like Italian people. That's not it. It's just like... Hey, look at this Tommy DeVito guy. He's Italian. It's like, okay, so I saw a video. His family is handing out chicken cutlets before the game. All right, hey, I love chicken cutlets as much as the next guy. Made some chicken parm last week. Now, if that's cultural appropriation, then lock me up. But I just, I want to see this guy get his ass pounded into the grass so many times tonight. And I would love to see Lucas Van Ness. I want to see Lucas Van Ness play a little more. Let's see this guy see him get out there rotate him in everyone should get a sack everyone should get a sack tonight Rashawn Sean Gary Kenny Clark Preston Smith Lucas Van Ness why not Carl Brooks Colby Wooden let's get them all in there TJ Slayton why not it, it should truly be that type of a situation because the Giants offensive line I mean all of these guys rank at the bottom of the league in their respective positions guard tackle guard tackle center when it comes to pass blocking efficiency they're terrible this is not a serious offensive line so what Steve Spagnuolo decided with Jordan Love a couple of years ago. It's like, we're just not going to let him play football. (laughs) We're just, we are not going to let him play the game. We are going to blitz him and make him uncomfortable to such a degree that he actually won't be able to play serious football. I don't think the Packers need to blitz, zero blitz Tommy DeVito all night to create that same type of situation. And I would like them to create that same type of situation where Tommy DeVito by the third quarter is like, what do I what am I even? What do you want me to do? There's nothing I can do. That would make me happy. Enjoy the game tonight. It's on ABC. so you don't even need cable to watch America's Booth on the call. Oh tonight'll be awesome unless they lose. Bucks are playing too. I hope we don't have to talk about that game tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight I'll talk to you tomorrow for. Go back.